0: This morning I want to speak to us about a cry a cry out to the God of our salvation a cry out to God of salvation Is there a difference between trusting and having confidence Is there a difference between trust and confidence There are the two are so closely linked and we often interchange them don't we we use them synonymously Um, But there is a, a slight difference between trust and confidence. The definition of trust is a firm belief in the reliability, truth or ability of someone or something. And for a Christian, that someone is God, the God of the Bible. Confidence, on the other hand, is the feeling or belief that one can depend on someone something. It seems very similar. It is clear that there is an overlap there. Belief is mentioned in both definitions and so is reliability. So what is the difference? Well the basis for trust is the willingness to be vulnerable to someone or something. It involves a belief system based on shared values or interests. And there may be some familiarity, but there are no prior performance markers. Whilst confidence is trust that grows. Confidence is trust that grows. It is based on previous experiences of being reliable. So we can say that confidence is trust in its fullness. See, your confidence level in God depends on how much you trust in him. And so this morning, I want us to examine this wonderful psalm, Psalm 20. This one point on your, your outline is that the true worshippers put their trust in God to send help in times of trouble. And so this evening we'll look furthermore at how God satisfies true worshippers with every desire, but also how true worshippers put their confidence In God to save is anointed. But this morning we're looking at how true worshippers put their trust in God to send help in times of trouble. The psalm may have been written by David, David, King David personally, or he may have commissioned someone to write it. Um, It's written as a a prayer, but most likely also sung. You know how the the psalms are sung out. It's, it's It's an ancient battle song. For those who go to the gym, I, I don't know what uh, music that you, you listen to as you do, maybe some heavy lifting or cardiovascular work. But I'm sure you're not listening to Beethoven, right? You, it, it, some, some music to really get you ready for some activity, some strenuous work that you want to do. And so the same is here. This is a battle cry, this is a battle song getting ready for warfare. See, I was watching rugby, rugby this, um, I think is yeah, probably about six weeks ago now. Um, I, I don't really have time to watch rugby, but this really took my fancy this time around, the World Cup. I know brother Rob loves, loves his rugby. And so it was my first time watching the rugby final. And I witnessed the All Blacks, the New Zealand, sing their national anthem with much passion. And then they performed this, uh, what, it, what they call the Incredible Hacker, right? A traditional dance to challenge opponents and prepares them mentally for the game ahead. Unfortunately, with all the razzmatazz, they lost still. <laughs> they lost, right? But here we're seeing something different, a battle cry, a song before battle. See, similarly, the Israelites prayed and they sang this song in preparation for battle. Why did they prepare in this way? Well, it was a source of encouragement to the king and his soldiers before they went out to war. It had nothing to do with the opponents, but rather an exaltation for the men of war. An ancient battle song. But most especially, this song was a confession of the trust That the people had in their God. Trust in God to answer the prayers of the king. We see there in verse 1 May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. But also the people trusted in God's providence for the king and his soldiers. So let's read that verse 1 to 5 again of Psalm 20. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the Lord, may the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favour your burnt sacrifices. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfil all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation and in the name of our God set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. See, what the people prayed and sang to God revealed their profound and deep trust in him. True worshippers put their trust in God to send help in times of trouble. See, God often grows us to trust him more and more in difficult times. And When you consider the first five verses, you get the sense of a congregation of people praying on behalf of God of the King of Israel. I heard that the women, the women had a wonderful time of prayer yesterday and, and thankfully there are moments of, of gathering to pray and seeking God's face in the life of the church. See, verse 5 reads, May we shout for joy over your salvation. Verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Verse 9, O Lord, save the king. May he answer us when we call. And so that's the multitude. The multitude are gathering to pray. But similarly, there are also singular mentions here. You and your are coming in this song. Verse 1 to 2, may the Lord answer you. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help. Verse 4, May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill your plans. Who is you and you're referring to? Well, verse 6 tells us it's the Lord's anointed. That is the king. The king and his soldiers needed these prayers as a battle song of encouragement and assurance. You can picture a multitude of people maybe surrounding David and the men going to battle declaring this. A psalm directing them and fixing their eyes on God as they faced this battle. This was not some paintballing activity or um, some type of laser tag. What the Israelites were crying out to God for is salvation in a life and death situation. War is life and death. It's not fun and games. And even in victory, many losses, many lives can be lost. And so we must see this congregational prayer in light of a great need in face of opposition and trouble. We see verse 1 that Yahweh, the covenant name of God, the Lord, who is they, they are calling, is him they're calling to upon. They're calling upon him on the day of trouble. And then we see the double emphasis On the name of the God of Jacob who protects the king. The psalmist is saying in verse 1 that ultimately it is the answer from the Lord that is most paramount in the day of trouble. And indeed in any situation at all. God requires the submission of his people, even the king of Israel. The greatest of people need the sovereign God and almighty God to answer them. God does not answer to us. He provides the answers. There is a dependency here in verse 1 that sets the tone of the song. There is no greater person to call upon on the day of trouble than the Lord. Why is that? Because the name of God, the name of God of Jacob will protect you. At the end of verse 1 reads, May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. It reminds us of the time David, who was already skilled at killing bears and lions, threatening to devour his sheep, and confronted the life of the Philistines. How did he approach him? Well, David was anointed king, but not yet acting as king. And then on his day of trouble, it came in that First Samuel 17:45, which reads, "Then David said to the Philistine." You come with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defiled. See, David's approach to trouble was primarily his trust in the name of the Lord, the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. To the covenant God of Israel, with the God of Jacob, who will protect you. The congregation prayed this king, this for the king. But also it's a prayer for us today. We're reminded in Proverbs eighteen ten, 10, written by a future king, King Solomon. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is safe. What are these passages saying to us? Well, they're saying that God's name reveals his personal revelation to his people, his character and his protection. See, knowing God as he has revealed himself enables us to trust him. God is revealed in Psalm 20 as the great protector of his people. And so in Psalm 20 verse 1, the people are interceding for the king that the God of Jacob may protect him. That is the God who initiates a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and stands with the king in battle. They are trusting God in prayer that he will answer him in his day of trouble. We can take lightly the trouble David would have been in in this warfare he was about to engage in. We don't know which particular Battle it was. But war is blood filled. It's not without blood being spilt. It comes at a great cost. Bloodshed. Injury. Death. Very violent. Very painful. This was not a prayer like, we pray that you have a nice day at work today, King David. No. As I said before, people's lives were on the line. Families' lives family ones could be lost this was a fervent prayer to their God to the king of the ages is there a day of trouble for you no doubt there will be are you in the day of trouble now perhaps what is your response what are you doing what will be your response when trouble comes How will you respond? You need others to pray for you. You need others to stand with you in prayer. See, how will God protect the king, we ask in this passage, where verse two to three helps us with this. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favour your burnt offerings the assembly are praying that God will protect him by sending help help from where? help from the sanctuary and support from Zion see sanctuary here speaks of God's holy presence what sets God apart? he's like no other because of his holiness there is none holy as the Lord there is none besides thee neither is there any rock like our God There's only one sanctuary that you can call upon. Only one place that you should know. The presence of God himself. See, support from Zion is referring to the city of God, Jerusalem. See, the people are requesting that God sends help from his holy habitation. They're calling on the Lord of hosts, a mighty warrior who is the commander of the spiritual armies. Why is this important? God's presence is like no other. He stands with his people. He has sent his son, Jesus, to be with us, to fight with us. Turn with me to Psalm 46 briefly. This wonderful psalm gives us more clarity and helps us to see what the name of God does how the name of God protects his people and how he sends help from the sanctuary and gives support from Zion. Psalm 46 reads, <laughs> God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the sea, into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, The heart of this Psalm 46 is that we see the holy habitation of God, Zion. And because God is in the midst of the city of God, Jerusalem, the people are fortified. They are not moved. They are not moved in time of trouble. Verse 6 says, Though the nations rage, he utters his voice. The earth melts. God speaks and destroys the plans. People waging war against him and protects his people. Who is this God? Verse 7 says, The Lord of hosts with us is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So keep that in mind as we look through Psalm 20. The Lord of hosts, the God of Jacob. See, brothers and sisters, there are many days of trouble. Some may spend their days decreeing and declaring, so forth in 2024. It's not about the decreeing and declaring. It's that God is with us in any situation. Are you facing physical health challenges? Are you facing the reality that each day that your body is not the same as it was 20 years ago? I certainly am. Are you bombarded with the waves of sin? Do you wrestle each day with a dominant and persistent sin that is troubling you and you just can't get victory in this fight? Are you struggling to find work or change of career? Are you tired of the backlash you get at work because you're standing up for Jesus? Are you single and waiting on the Lord for his blessing for a spouse? Is your marriage feeling the pressure of constant trouble? Are you struggling with holding your family together? It's hard being a husband or a wife or being a parent. Are you growing faint in your walk with the Lord? Are you flagging and feeling exhausted by the many troubles and the waves that are coming These times of trouble. Or have you fallen into times of pride? Are you feeling anxious for the new year to come? Maybe. Maybe there are plans you've made this year and you haven't achieved them. And 2024 seems a worrying time to come. See, whatever the day of trouble, true worshippers call on God in prayer. They cry out to God in prayer, the God of our salvation, and they trust that He will send help in time of trouble. See, this psalm is encouraging you to tell it to the Lord. Put it in His hands. Lean on the the Lord. Do not lean on your own understanding, but look to God who can send you help from where? From His sanctuary, His holy habitation, from His Zion. In 2016 I, I, I faced a moment a, a year after uh, my son was born and you know we were rejoicing the Lord was so good to us uh, but back in, in my business in, as a pharmacist things were going downhill very quickly finances were running dry because just things were happening with the government closing down pharmacies and there were times when it was very difficult as to, okay, well, let's pay the staff. I won't take a salary for a period of time. And it looked so bleak, like, well, this business has been existed for decades now. And it looks like I've taken over and I'm, <laughs> during my time, it's going downhill. What's this, Lord? I thought, Lord, am I not serving you? i would come home feeling anxious, worried. Just actually, terrible time, but I was just always down. But I called out to the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do, but not on my watch, Lord, right? Lord, help. That's all I could say, Lord, help. And each day, I dragged myself to work, not knowing what was going to happen, but trusted in the Lord. The staff weren't even aware of it. But the Lord came through. The Lord grew my trust in him that in whatever situation his purposes will stand but we must not forget the lessons that we learn during the times of trouble. The Lord teaches us so many valuable things and one of those things is to trust him and to hold to him. Verse 2 The sacrifice of the king. So now in verse Sorry, um, verse 3. The multitude continued to pray for God to remember the offerings of the king and regard with favour his sacrifices. If we think back to 1 Samuel 13, Saul gave an offering that was unlawful. A sacrifice, he made a sacrifice that was unlawful. King Saul, he was to wait seven days, right? The battle was there, he was meant, Samuel told him, wait I will come in seven days. I will make a sacrifice. The seventh day came. The people were deflected. His soldiers were running, about to run away. And, and Saul looked around. Samuel was nowhere to be. He took the law into his own hands. He made an unlawful sacrifice unto the law. A burnt offering when he saw the people were departing. He panicked. He forced the situation by disobeying God's command. This this disobedience had huge ramifications to him. It was part of his downfall. Will you also panic in the day of trouble? Or will you trust in the God of Jacob? This was to show that there was an offering that, that was given by the king and sacrifices made that God did not approve of. See, sacrifices were made often the evening before the day of battle. And so this prayer here in Psalm 20 is that God would delight in the offering and sacrifices of the King. See, we must pray that God's, that, that others would, would live a sacrificial life that honours the Lord. That's got to be our prayer. But then we must ask our, ourselves the same question. Are we living a sacrificial life that's honouring the Lord? Or are you like soul-making unlawful sacrifices. You give to the poor. You perform many righteous acts. You are generous, a good person. But this is a warning to you that apart from a relationship with with God himself and a heart that is truly surrendered to him that all the giving all the good that you may do is not approved by God. The psalm gives us a solemn moment here. See, King David is taking us back to a time when he had to go to war. The people rallied around him, they prayed with him, they stood by him, and they were concerned for his welfare. There was something about the home crowd in sports. It could be basketball, it could be football, athletics, the home crowd knows how to cheer their own. They know how to give support to their own. That extra cheer and support is a huge advantage to those that are taking part. And that's how it was for King David. I don't know about you, brothers and sisters. Have you grown in praying this year? Have you grown in praying for others? Are you cheering on your brothers and sisters in Christ? seeking that the lord will support them in time of trouble calling out to the god of jacob or you silence in prayer i found this a rebuke to myself i can do so much more so much more to cry out to the lord for others see our lack of prayer for others reveals our lack of trust in the almighty god it was always a day of trouble Pastor Chola often reminds us, doesn't he? That we are either in trouble, we're entering into trouble, or we're coming out of trouble. That is the same with everyone seated here, especially that person seated next to you. Are you praying for those that are around you? Are you praying for help in their day of trouble? Do you care enough is the question. Do you care enough about your brothers and sisters and your family and strangers and your neighbours enough to pray for them? We don't like to hear that trouble is coming. We'd all naturally speak and prefer to swerve right past every bad thing that may come our way. But that's not my portion. But this world is trouble. It's full of trouble. Trouble will find us when we're not looking for it. It would knock on the door. It would come in. It would take a seat and look you in the face. Trouble comes close by. How do you respond to trouble in other people's life? You might say, I've got enough trouble of my own. But do we care enough? Do we care enough, even amongst our own trouble, to pray for others? I want you to read verse one to three again. But before we read it together, before we do that, I want you to imagine for a moment that you're either Peter, James or John or one of the apostles, uh, one of the disciples rather. Jesus is on his road, is on the road to his death. He calls you to eat with him. He lays the table for you. He asks you to recline with him. He reveals his plans to you. And you are enjoying his company. What a great and faithful friend who has done this for you. Then he drops a clangor. He says, one of you will betray me. You look to him, you shake your head. Not me, Lord. I'll never do that to you, Jesus. You continue to eat and enjoy the blessing of his gift and presence. You just love and enjoy spending time with him. You can't imagine letting him down, this great friend of yours. And Jesus then pulls out the hymn sing, the hymn sheet and starts singing. And it's a wonderful time of fellowship. But then a the time arises and Jesus says, "It's time to go to the Mount of Olives. You will all fall away because of me tonight. No, we, we, won't, we, won't, we won't deny you, Jesus. We'll never deny you, Jesus, you say. On getting to Gethsemane, you are thinking, what's our purpose here? What would you have us do here? Why are we here, Jesus? And Jesus says, sit here while I go over there to pray. Jesus exclaims to you, my soul is sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Now let's read Psalm 21 to 3. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings, and regard with favour your burnt sacrifices, seller. Would this be your prayer as you stand watching with Jesus in Gethsemane? Was this what, Jesus, what um, Peter, James and John prayed? No, it wasn't. Jesus said and told them in Matthew 26, 38, My soul is very sorrowful even to death. He literally told them the great trouble and intense pain and agony he was experiencing. Yet they were found sleeping. They were found sleeping on Jesus' day of trouble. We are like those disciples. We are not so faithful in prayer ourselves. We are not so faithful to pray for ourselves. We are not so faithful to pray for others. And I know we've just had Christmas, but at this point, the king of the ages, Jesus Christ, was about to face the greatest battle ever known. He was anticipating his father pouring out his wrath on him, wounded to be killed by the people he came to save. He was about to carry the sins of those he created upon his shoulders. To give his life as a ransom for many. The greatest there has been. The greatest there will be. The divine and ancient one asks mortals to pray in this time of trouble. And even to pray for themselves. Brothers and sisters, we've been sleeping for far too long. We must awake from our slumber. Jesus praise be to God, intercedes for us even now. He is still a faithful friend. Even when we are dozing and sleeping, our God is praying and cheering you on his people. He faithfully prays that the Lord, Yahweh, would answer us on the day of trouble. Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than any friend. How will you cry out to God in prayer? See, a, a true friend prays for you and prays with you. A mark of your friendship or fellowship is the fervent prayer that you offer to God for others. I want to leave, I want to leave you with three things you should take away this morning. The first is thanks. Secondly, trust finally think firstly thank God who answers prayers even the prayers of his beloved son Jesus Christ see we see in Jesus's high priestly prayer in John 17 of his commitment to prayer even before he went to the cross countless times he would pray and put his trust in the father and obey the father's will And we can thank God that just as in Psalm 20, he hears our prayers for others, our intercessions for others, our loved ones and prayers for those around us. What a gracious help that we have, a gracious means of help. We should thank the Lord for what he has done to accept that perfect sacrifice of Christ that has made us favourable, Before God's throne. Secondly. Let us trust God. Trust God because he is the covenant keeping God. Who is faithful to his people. Trust him that he will be faithful. Even in the year that's to come ahead. Because he is present in your trouble. He is with you. Verse 2 reads. May he send you help from the sanctuary. And give you support from Zion. Saying he will be with you every step of the way. He will help you and support you directly from his presence. Finally, think much of the sacrifice Christ made for you. Have confidence, right? Because his sacrifice has given you confidence to come into his presence to call out to him, to cry out to the God of your salvation. Let's not take prayer for granted. Let us not take prayer for others for granted also. Even when we can't be close enough, we can call out to the Lord on their behalf. We can bring anything to God in prayer. But we can only bring it to God because he has made us favourable before him. His sacrifice has made us acceptable in his presence. I don't know if there were any here this morning who do not know this living God, the one who has made the perfect sacrifice and has made a living and abiding way, who has called us to come boldly into his presence. If you do not know this living God this morning, I I will ask you and plead with you to call out to him. Call out to the God who saves and redeems his people. You can enjoy this world. And all that it offers. But the day of trouble is coming. The day of trouble is coming. A day of reckoning and judgment. There is no protection from the eternal condemnation. For those who are not favourable. That means those who are not righteous before the eyes of God. See the only offering and sacrifice by which you can qualify. For the eternal streets of heaven is the offering of Jesus' life. So that you may live because he lived, and so you do not need to die because he has died for your sins. Why don't you turn to the living God this morning? Will you surrender to the King of the Ages? Will you have him as Lord over your life? Would you put your trust in him and in no other? There is no other name given under heaven amongst men by which we must be saved except the name of Jesus Christ put your trust in him and him alone he is the royal king who has overcome sin death and Satan remember friends true worshippers put their trust in God to send help in times of trouble May the Lord help us all to grow in trusting Him in this coming year, 2024. May we commit to the Lord to seek not just for ourselves, but to seek Him for others in trouble before they get into trouble. And the Lord would help us to grow to trust Him more and more each day. Amen.